we all have an inner child and you're basically giving the middle finger to your inner child. It's saying, you're not allowed to feel this in my presence. You're not allowed to be sad around me. Your emotions are invalid. What would happen if you said that to a kid? It would fuck them up. And here's the crazy part. You would never say that to the kids in your life. You would never say that to the friends in your life. You would never say that to anyone you give a damn about. What's going on, friends? Welcome back to another episode of Dieting from the Inside Out. If you are new here, welcome to the show. My name is Jared Hamilton, and I am pumped that you're here. This is so cool. I never take for granted that you're here on the show, and thank you for being here. It means a ton to me. Now, today is a really cool episode because we are, I'm calling this basically the binge eating masterclass. This is a solo episode, so I'm going to try to keep it a little bit shorter, but I think just with the conversations I've been having and with the things that you guys are saying that you're struggling with, I think right now is a beautiful time to give you the exact breakdown on why you're binge eating and how to stop it. This is literally going to be the binge eating masterclass. Um, and let me just say this, if, especially if you're newer to the show, I'm, this is not how just, Hey, just get the trigger foods out of the house or, Hey, just um, be more mindful or, Hey, just go on a walk. That is such surface level bullshit that doesn't help anyone. In this episode, I'm going to quite literally show you the four reasons you are binge eating, all four specific ones. Binge eating, in my experience, has boiled down to four very specific reasons. And then I'm going to show you how to address each of these reasons and give you the exact plan, essentially, on how to go tackle your binge eating so you never struggle with it ever again. Uh, I'm whipping out all the stops on this one. So I hope you get a lot out of today's episode. Now, before we get into all the goods, let's do a little bit of housekeeping. Number one, if you are not subscribed to the show, be sure and subscribe to the show. The show is not, is it's quite literally everywhere now. Like it is on all the platforms that podcasts can be found on. We, we have all the episodes on YouTube right now. So especially like these cool guest episodes I've been doing. If you want to actually watch the interview, interview between me and my guests, you can do that now on YouTube. Um, we have the podcast sh- uh, website up right now. So if you go to dietingfromtheinsideout.com, not only are all that is all that stuff there, all the resources there, all the show notes are there, but now we even have the entire show for every episode transcribed into a blog format. So if you don't, you know, let's say like listening to the shows or watching the shows, or let's say you just want the cliff notes or whatever the case may be, those are available now too. So we have a lot going for you with the show right now. So be sure and number one, check all those resources out. But number two, if you are not subscribed and sharing this show with other people, like you are doing them a disservice. Because if you find value in this and it's helped change your life, you quite literally have a responsibility, in my opinion, to share this with others. I view this the same way as if like you found the waterfall um, and you know a bunch of people that are thirsty. It's your responsibility to get them to the waterfall um, and not just keep all the water for yourself. So be sure and share this with someone. It would mean a ton to me and it will help everyone else out as well. So now before we get into the episode, definitely big thank you from the sponsors of the show. Sponsor number one is Flex Pro Meals because uh, your boy's a lazy bastard. So um in all seriousness, I love Flex Pro so much because it fills so many gaps. Because my thing is, um, in the day and age in which we live, everything is predicated off convenience, right? Like this is why drive-throughs are a thing. Like uh, gas stations are a thing. Which is why, you know, um, like protein bars, protein shakes, snack-sized things are all a thing. Because so much of our day-to-day, cell phones, Amazon Prime, the whole nine yards is predicated on convenience. And if what you're doing is not convenient, you're more than likely not going to do it and you're going to fall short. So that's the thing with Flex Pro that I love so much because with them, I don't have to think about my food because my day is so so all over the place. I know your day in most cases is all over the place between kids and groceries and your partner and overtime and school and all the stuff. 
a lot of times our nutrition falls short. A lot of times our, which means our, our goals fall short, but just having some of these meals in your fridge ready to go that meet your goals, that taste amazing, that are made by a chef, that are cheaper than going to the drive through it's just like a no-brainer. So definitely check them out. Um, all the info is below. Also, you can go to flexpromeals.com, but I want to save you money because that's dope. And you can use my code Hamilton Trained, and yeah, you can get 20, I think it's 20% off, which is pretty cool. So definitely check them out. Next sponsor is First Form. As always, I'm wearing one of their shirts because it's the majority of the clothes that I own now. <laughs> um, uh, and they're some of my favorite clothes ever. But anyway, Big thank you to the first form because as we all know, guys, supplements are not like the end all be all. That's the one of the things that I love about, love about first form is they'll be the first ones to tell you that I will be the first one. They'll be the first one to tell you that, that you should not be basing your entire program and what your results are made up of on just supplements because it's just not how the game is supposed to go. They're called a supplement for a reason. So the beautiful thing with first form is, um, when it comes to the supplements, they're just for filling holes in your nutrition and in your day-to-day in your program that you're not getting with food. So with first form, it just makes it really, really simple and easy because you know exactly what you're getting. Unfortunately, so much of the industry is extremely unregulated. Words are hard today, I guess. And a lot of bullshit gets under the radar because just all just how unregulated it is. There's no companies are required to do third-party testing. They don't even have to be FDA approved, like all the different kinds of things. Um, and I'll go so far to say the FDA is kind of a joke anyway, but that's a, a topic for a whole nother, a whole nother discussion. But, um, essentially a lot, anyone can start a supplement company out of their basement and put whatever they want in it. And it will be a long time before they get caught. And I just hate to see you go get the cheapest thing you can find on Amazon. And it turns out it's not safe. It's not effective. The doses aren't right. And it's not studied and it's got all these issues. So that's the thing that I love about first form is they check all the boxes. Um, and they treat their people well, and it's some of the best stuff that you'll find. And I just love knowing that I can send our clients there, and they're taken care of completely with all this stuff. So if you need help with supplementation, if you it's something that that you have in your program, but you want to make sure you're taking the best that you can, definitely go check them out. I have a link in the description below, um, and it will help you on a lot. So I appreciate you. Thank you so much for all of that. Um, now let's get into the show because it's a this is going to be a big one. This is going to be a show, an episode that you're going to want to listen to probably several times. Sorry. I'm getting my notes pulled up to help keep me on track a little bit. Um, because I'm going to throw a lot at you. Um, usually this is one of the the subjects that like when I get brought in to do like podcasts or speaking or like Facebook groups or whatever the case is, this is one of the biggest things that I get brought in to talk about. And most people are like, it's going to be probably like drinking out of a fire hose for you. So if you're taking notes, um, you're going to want to, or you're going to want to at least go back and listen to this. Cause this is going to be a pretty, pretty deep one because here's the thing with binge eating. Before I get into the tactics and strategies, I need to frame this properly for you because it's a big deal. So why does it even matter to get on the other side of binge eating? There's a few reasons. Number one, uh, it, it's, it's, you're never going to make it to your goal. And number two, it can take over your whole life. Um, one of our, our clients just reached out and um, made, gave a really nice testimonial talking about how like she's finally got on the other side of binge eating because she's coaching with us. But she was, she really elaborated, like she couldn't do anything in her life because binge eating took control of it. She couldn't go out to do, eat with her friends or date night. She couldn't do all these different things. There's all these other, these passions and things that she wanted to do, but all her energy and bandwidth and all this other stuff was at binge eating and how it was debilitating all these different things. And now it's over. And now her whole life has opened up because she's removed this, this mental weight of binge eating. Um, not only this mental weight, but then physical too, because I'll be honest with you, not binge eating is a hell of a calorie deficit. So it's such a big deal. Not only 
because if you're if you're listening to this, I'm assuming you're you may struggle a little bit at some capacity with binge eating or a lot. And at the end of the day, it can be, be totally debilitating. It it will eat up your entire mental bandwidth and your your emotional state and can cause a lot of problems, especially when we get deeper into this. Because the the two re, the two first reasons for binge eating are what I would call more surface level. But then the last two are really deep. And if you really struggle with the last two, it's no wonder you're mentally exhausted and it's quite literally taken over your whole life. So binge eating is a big deal. But then from like a weight loss perspective, I'll be honest with you and I'll just say it bluntly. If you do not get on the other side of your binge eating, you'll never get to where you want to be. I mean, think of it this way. If, if your goal is to save a shit ton of money, but you, you, you uncontrollably spend your money every fucking day, well then how do you ever think you'll be able to save your money? You won't. So it's the same thing here. If you have any goals of body composition or weight loss or looking better or feeling better, your clothes fitting better or being confident in your own skin or any of these kind of things, but you struggle with binge eating, you will never make it until we fix this. I'm just being honest with you. Okay. So here's the thing. This is why we need to do it first. What most people do wrong when it comes to binge eating is the way that we handle it is we handle it first. So like to give you an idea, when we coach people inside of our coaching program, we have a three, and this is not, I'm not just going to get in and talk about coaching and just, I'm giving you context. When we coach people, our coaching program has three specific stages. Well, stage two is where we do the way we redo the fat loss stuff, right? Stage two, we call it boring fat loss because that's how fat loss is supposed to be. And that's when we can actually focus on inches coming off, pounds dropping, um, looking better, feeling better, that kind of stuff. But our stage one is the name of the show, dieting from the inside out. Because if you do not, like I said, if you do not get on the other side of your binge eating, nothing else matters. But where people go wrong is they say, oh no, I have vacation here in, uh, in two months. I want to get, get really lean. Or, well, I really want to lose weight now. And then once I, once I lose the weight, then I'll focus on the binge eating in the, in the, in the inner game. Well, that doesn't work. That's like saying, I'm going to go through, go through high school. And then in college, or I'm going to cheat all my way through high school. Then in college, I'm going to get my shit together right? That, that just isn't the right way to go about anything. Um, so it's the same thing here, because if that's you, if you're like, no, I'll figure the binge eating out later. Well, what do you think is going to happen when you lose the 30 pounds? Binge eating is going to bring it all back. But here's the scary part. Every time you yo-yo like that, every time you lose 10, gain 12, lose 30, gain 35, you're doing a couple different things. You're building insane amounts of negative momentum. You are are making it so much harder to lose the weight and keep it off every time you relapse with your yo-yo dieting because the mind craves and gravitates to what's familiar and you're just giving it a stronger case and more familiarity. But then number two, it also fucks your metabolism over every single time you do that when you go like bing, 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 bing with that. So we have to address binge eating first because for those that don't, this is one of the reasons you stay dieting for years or if, if not decades is because you go, oh, I'm just gonna lose the weight now because I'm impatient. If we're being honest, you lose the weight, but then the binge eating causes you to gain it back. Then you're frustrated, pissed off, and in even in more of a sense of urgency. Well, okay, I'm going to do it for real this time. Then I'm going to stop the binge eating. And then that never happens. Then you just gain and lose the same 10 pounds for 10 years. Um, so that's what I'm going to show you how to fix. So stage, so step one for you, um, when you're going through this binge eating side of things, like fixing it, you are not allowed to focus on weight loss yet. Now, I know some of you guys that are listening, your heart just dropped into your stomach and you're like, what the fuck? Understand this. You need to give yourself permission while you are fixing your binge eating and your inner game problems to, dare I say it, gain some weight. Now, here's the thing, though. Let me just say this. I'm not saying just because you like you focusing on binge eating, you're not just going to go gain all this weight here. Let's be honest. 
If you struggle with binge eating, you've been gaining weight. If you've been struggling with binge eating, you haven't been making progress long-term in your weight loss. You've been bouncing back and forth for a long fucking time. So I think it's really logical to not focus on weight loss because the more you focus on weight loss and forget your binge eating, the more weight you gain because you are binge eating. Well, doesn't it, does it not make more sense logically to maybe hold off on weight loss, fix the binge eating, and then once you do that, then we can go into weight loss and it's really not that big of a deal. Think of it this way. Here's my favorite analogy. Would you ever move into a home that has no foundation? It's a dumb fucking question, but just hear me out. Would you ever move into a house that has no foundation? Well, I, I doubt it, but why? It's probably because you know that it's a matter of time until the house would cave in on itself, right? That's how structure works. Well, here you are trying to build your transformation house, your fat loss house, if we want to call it that, but you are, you don't have a foundation because you binge eat and you emotionally eat and you sabotage and you have horrible relationships with food and all this bullshit, but you're like, no, let's just put the walls and the ceiling up. It's fine. Or just move into this house anyway. And the house is crumbling and you're like, no, it's fine. Let me just redo the drywall. It doesn't have a foundation. Right? It's like having a house being built and the builders go, hey, it's going to be a little bit because you're, it's, we have to get the foundation. And you go, it's fine. Just put the walls and the ceiling up. It's good. That doesn't fucking work. Foundation first, because without a foundation, you have no right to put the walls and the ceiling on. Yes? Right? Would you agree with that? Probably not in your head. So it's the same thing here. If you have no mental and emotional foundation and you're binge eating and having all these fucking issues, you do not have the right to lose weight yet. We get this happen all the time with coaching. This is quite literally how our coaching program works is you are not allowed to go into stage two until you, until you complete stage one, until we are on the other side and making all this progress with binge eating, emotional eating, sabotaging, um, all or nothing mentalities, identity, uh, food relationships, the whole nine yards, there's literally no reason to go into fat loss because you're going to fuck it up, right? That's how I want you to start viewing this. This is why we have to get on the other side of the binge eating first, we're not even worrying about all the other bullshit right now. This episode is just about the binge eating masterclass. Okay. So I know I'm already at, fuck, I'm already at 13 minutes. All right. I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to make this, try to make this not too long. So four reasons for binge eating. Here's what, how this is going to go. For those that are taking notes, I'm going to give you the four reasons for binge eating right now. And then I'm going to then dive into all each of the four. Okay. Because some of you guys that are listening, it's, it's one of those things where you may just, you may be a, a reason number one person, right? Some of you may just be a number four and you may just have one of these issues or some of you may be a combo platter where it's like, holy shit, I, I, I do all of those. That's all the reasons hit home. Or you may be two of the four. So it may not be just one or two. It could be all four, maybe three, maybe just, just like I said, the one. So pay really close attention, take your notes and we'll get into it. All right. So four reasons for binge eating right here. Binge eating based in hunger, okay? Binge eating based in restriction, all right? Binge eating based in it being emotionally driven, and then binge eating based in your identity. Those are the four. Hunger, restriction, emotionally driven, and identity, all right? So here's the thing. The first two are very biological. The first two are very quickly fixed in most cases. Like when we work with clients, the first two, we can fix usually on the faster side. Um, not all cases, but but like just because everyone's different. But the first two definitely can be fixed faster. The second two take a little bit longer because they're deeper. They have more conditioning. They have inner child bullshit attached to them usually. All right. So uh, the first one is hunger. Binge eating based in hunger is quite literally you just let your hunger get too high. 
That's it. There's a few ways this happens. Um, like for those of you that think 1200 calories is the magic number, then you wonder why you're like fucking up your pantry um, at midnight every night. It's because your hunger is just too high. It's a very animalistic response because you're just hungry. There's nothing else to it. You're just hungry. Um, we see this a lot where let's say, um, let's say you're one of those people who, let's say you're going on date night tonight. So you starve yourself all day because you want to conserve calories, but then it backfires because you go batshit crazy. Um, at the Mexican restaurant or uh, wherever you guys go to dinner. Okay. Or let's say some of you that, that let's say have a lunch break at work and let's say you forgot to bring your lunch because you didn't have a flex pro meal, <laughs> or let's say you forgot to bring your lunch or you work through lunch or whatever the case is. So then by the time you go home from work, you're like, Oh dear God, I'm just so fucking hungry. Then you're just for some reason pounding random things like saltine crackers, or you eat like an entire bag of pretzels or stuff. That's not even that good, but you're just like, why am I eating this? So that's a big one is you just let your hunger get too high or you have a tendency to say like, Oh, I don't need it. I'm not that hungry. And you like somehow take fucking hunger as a badge of honor. It's fucking stupid. Um, we see this a lot with people who don't eat just enough in general. Like if you're the person who's like, Oh, um, a handful of almonds is a meal or, Oh, just a scoop full of peanut butter. It's fine. Or I'm just going to have a salad everywhere I go. I'm going to have maybe a whole 50 calories on that plate. Every time I eat the reason you're binge eating, if this is you is your hunger just gets too high. It doesn't have anything to do with restriction. It doesn't have anything to do with your emotions. It doesn't have anything to do with your identity. It's just you are a hungry individual. So if so, the answer is don't let yourself get that hungry. So then I would ask, so your strategy is, well, when does this normally happen? Is it, oh, it only happens when you forget to bring your lunch at work? Is it when uh, the weekends hit and you have like events planned and you don't want to eat all day because you're conserving calories and then it backfires? All the strategy for this one is not to just willpower yourself through hunger and cravings. The answer is to just don't let yourself get that hungry. If we put your hunger on a scale of one to 10, 10 is stealing pizza from children and one is completely satisfied. Well, maybe about a three, three and a half, four, maybe you should don't let your hunger get above that. You're like, you know what? I, I am a little bit hungry. Boom. Eat. Don't let your hunger get to a nine out of 10 where you're drop kicking toddlers to take their, their, their pizza. Okay. I know it sounds dumb, but for those that struggle with this, you you know what I'm saying? So don't let your hunger get that high. That is a strategy. So whatever that looks like for you, put a plan in place, whether it be a food schedule, whether it be, you always have things like protein bars. First form makes the best protein bars ever, by the way, protein bars in your purse, uh, granola bars in places, uh, sandwiches at home, whatever the thing may be. Put a plan in place where you your hunger cannot get out of control because then we stop this thing at the root cause, okay? Hunger's, like I said, hunger's pretty easy. Number two, it's restriction. So when it comes to binge eating based in restriction, the, the adage I like to say is if we stop the restriction, we stop the binge, okay? Here's where most people go wrong. Um, let me just say this. How to know if your binge eating is based in restriction is it's what you're you're eating, right? Actually, let me take a step back. Like with the hunger, like with binge eating based in hunger, th this is where you'll notice you'll you'll binge on just about anything, right? Any like anything and everything. You'll eat whatever um, because it's a hunger response. Now with restriction, this is where like what you binge on changes. Okay, if you notice you only binge on the foods that you're not supposed to have, that's where we know this is a problem. Um, like if you don't binge, if you only if you're not going to binge on a turkey sandwich or a chicken salad, you but you're binging on cookies, cake, ice cream, pie, um, chips, things like that. If you happen to restrict the things that you're binging on, this is screaming at you. Okay, here's the thing. Um, this is where we stop the restriction. We stop the binge. This is where a lot of people we see this one happen. Um, when like, let's say a craving and someone says, Oh, I don't need that. 
first of all, don't ever say that ever the fuck again. Here's, here's my biggest issue with when people say, oh, I don't need it. You don't need two eyeballs, two kidneys, taste, but you don't need sight at all. You don't need hair. You don't need makeup. You don't need paint on your walls. You don't need heat and AC in your house. There's a lot of shit you don't need, but you have because it makes you happy. And there's nothing wrong with that. So when you're sitting there going, um, when you're sitting there going, oh, I don't need the cookie. You're right. You don't, but that doesn't mean it's bad to have, but you say, no, I don't need the cookie. Oh, I really want the cookie. No, I don't need it. And you do that for a week. It's no wonder you slam the entire pack of Oreos. You see what I'm saying? Stop saying that. You, there's a lot of things you don't need, but that does, just because you don't need it for survival doesn't mean it's bad to have it. Come on. So this is why the word like cravings usually come into place. Usually people who struggle with um, restriction-based binge eating have a horrible relationship with food and they get rid of all the foods they love. This is where you view food as good and bad. This is where we usually view um, you know, the, the healthy food, the unhealthy food. This is where you have the diet food and the, the cheat day food. This is usually when someone's like, all right, I'm on a diet. No more pizza and beer for me. That's the problem. The bin, it's the, the issue isn't we need to white knuckle through harder with the binge when you want to binge. The issue is we need to ease up the restriction. I'll, I'll be the, here's the thing you have to understand for those listening with all of these, the all four reasons for binge eating, the answer is not to go more willpower and more white knuckling when you feel the urge to binge. To be honest, I don't care if you binge. I care about let's address the front side of it. So the, the urge to binge just disappears. I don't want you to have to like white knuckle through it and have to willpower and discipline your way through it. I want to just get rid of the urge to binge in general. All right. So, um, actually, hang on. I just remembered, um, something to add to my notes, um, at the end. Cool. Okay. So when it comes to the restriction based binge eating, it's pretty simple to stop the binge. We stop the restriction. Cause if you notice what foods don't you binge on? You, you binge on chicken breast, <laughs> you binge on rice and broccoli, you binge on salad, probably not because those aren't special. Those aren't restrictive. You can have those in abundance like a motherfucker. The foods that you binge on are the ones where you're like, I'm not supposed to have it. The ones, those are fattening. Those are fat storing. Oh, those are cheat day foods. Those are the ones where you restrict all during the week and then you fuck it up at the end of the week or you, or tell as long as you can fucking take it. This is how we fix this how we do this with clients. We have them eat those foods every single day. Here's how we fix this. I'm going to quite literally give you one of the best strategies we give clients all the time. This is what I call the gas station method. Okay. Here's how we fix it. Cause right about now, cause that's a simple fix is I go, Oh, you want to stop the restrictive based binge eating, stop the restriction and the binge will stop. There's like three of you that will go, Oh, okay. And then you're good. But the rest of you will go, Jared, I can't eat just a few chips. I can't eat just two Oreos. I can't have one or two donuts without smashing the whole pack. Cool. I get it. So that is an, that's actually, uh, that specific problem is a neural pathway issue in your brain. We're talking about like deep levels of neuroplasticity and, and, and things like that, like neurochemistry and all these different things, because here's what, here's why this is happening. If this makes you feel a little less crazy, because I get it. I understand. I've been there, done it where I, where I could not like not go ballistic on the whole thing of donuts, right? Here's the reason why your brain, please hear me when I say this, your brain is just a record of the past. That's all it is. Your brain has, is nothing but a record of the past. And it just views the past as tried and true law essentially. So if every time you've had the donut and you proceeded to smash all of the donuts or you had the Oreo and you ate all the Oreos, or you like, I'm just going to have a handful of chips and you killed the whole family size bag of Doritos. Cause that's a lot of fun. <laughs> or if you smashed a whole pizza when you didn't mean to, 
your brain just goes, okay, I guess we can't control ourselves. That's it. That's why you feel that way. That's why when you have the one piece of pizza and you're like, fuck, and you eat the whole thing or whatever the foods is because your brain is just triggered. Like, this is just what I do. It's just like breathing. This is just what I do. So here's what we need. You have to understand this. The reason you struggle is because your brain and your nervous system craves familiarity and is just looking for the familiar past. So how to change this? We just need to create a new familiar past. What if your brain had all the evidence of self-control? What if your brain had all the evidence of complete freedom? Well, you don't have that right now, more than likely, but I'm going to show you exactly how to get it. This is this right here. I'm telling you guys, people pay so much money for what I'm about to tell you. We have people who quite literally like join our coaching program just for this one thing right here. And I'm going to show you exactly what it is. So here, here's what happens. Um, here's what you're going to do. Most people right about now go, they do the, they, they make a good first step, but then they fuck the rest of it up. So when it comes to restrictive based binge eating, they go, Oh, I'm going to get all the trigger foods out of the house. Well, first of all, labeling that food, a trigger food is not going to heal that relationship with food. It'd be like my meat sale and my wife, Hey bitch, will you make me a sandwich? Like that's not going to help things. The label is fucked up is, is fucking you up. So there are foods currently that you struggle with. That's how I'd word it. There are foods that you are temporarily struggling with the chips the cookies, the cake, whatever, whatever it is. Step one, clear the house of those foods. This is step one. Most people end all be all here. And then they wonder why they binge eat at the restaurant or whatever. So step one, get all the the foods that you're currently having a hard time with out of the house, because I want, we, we need, we need a clean slate and we need to have you be able to go address these foods on your time. Okay. Now every single day, here's what I want you to do. Every single day, I want you to go to the gas station or the grocery store and get a single size serving of whatever the food is. Just pick one. Let's just take chips. For example, most people I know have trouble, like trouble with chips. They can't just have a handful or a serving or two servings. They smash the whole bag of lays. Um, usually only drunk Jared has done that. So, (laughs) but, um, but, uh, but here's the thing though. Um, but here's the cool thing. The the, every store in gas stations sells single size servings of every food you could possibly want. So let's just take a vending machine size bag of chips. Okay. So you're going to clear the house of the chips because you cannot binge on what's not there. You're going to go to the gas station or grocery store, buy one of the single size serving, bring it home. You eat it and enjoy it because here's what's happening up here in your brain. Your brain's going, holy fuck, we're going to do it again. Oh, she's having chips. We're going to go batshit crazy. Why did we not go batshit crazy? Because you're going to eat the 150 calorie bag of chips and your brain's going to have a mini panic attack. It's going to go, wait, why didn't she binge? We always binge. Your brain at this level doesn't know you don't have chips in the house. You just, the the big bag, your brain just knows we're eating chips. We binge on chips. You can do this with any food. You do this with pizza. Go buy a single slice slice of pizza, bring it home, eat the slice of pizza. And your brain's going to go, ah, here we go. Why didn't we eat the whole, whole, why didn't we eat the whole, whole thing of pizza? Candy bars are the best of this. If you normally would smash a whole bag of candy, go buy a piece, a candy bar, a 300 calorie Reese's cup, whatever. Go buy it, bring it home and eat it because you cannot binge on what's not there. So even if you have the worst self-control ever, you go buy it, don't eat it yet, bring it home. You can go purchase one thing. You have that level of self-control. And if you, I'll be honest, if you don't think you do, you're lying to yourself. You've done this all the time. If you, if you needed to go pick up like a Reese cup for someone's like to throw in a birthday gift, you would buy that for them without going and bash it crazy on yourself or whatever the case is. Go buy the one thing, bring it home. 
It's going to be, and here's the thing, be okay with spending more money on it. Cause right about now people go, Oh, Jared, well, it's more, it's more budget friendly to, to buy the in bulk. Yeah. But you're going to eat like, eat it like a fucking asshole. So it's not very budget friendly. So don't. So that's what you're going to do. Pick the food that you struggle with every single day, go to the grocery store, grab it, bring it home, eat it and enjoy it. Track it in your calories if you want, because here's what's going to happen. Your brain's going to go, why aren't we binging on this? And then you're going to do it Tuesday, <laughs> the next day, go to the store, buy this, the single bag of chips or the single candy bar, bring it home, eat it. Your brain's going to go, why the fuck is she not binging? We always binge. You're going to do that for the next 30 days. You're going to literally go buy 30 candy bars in a row, 30 mini bag of chips in a row, 30 pieces of pizza in a row every day. Because what's going to happen is at the end of the month, you're going to have now a, a mini track record of you ate the food you struggled with. And now you have proof you have self-control, right? There's no arguing with that. You have, you literally ate just a slice of pizza, a candy bar without going batshit crazy. You will have 30 instances of not binge eating on the food that you thought you binged on that you don't have control over. And then the other thing's going to happen at the end of the 30 days, you will have lost a little bit of weight or you will at least have not have really gained any weight. Most people right about now, like, oh yeah, my clothes are fitting a little bit better. Yeah. The scale dropped like a pound. Now, my friend, you have what's called irrefutable proof and it will be like God snaps his fingers and goes, oh, okay. Because when you have that irrefutable proof of the food that you used to binge on because you thought it was bad and you lost weight, you're going to have the epiphany moment. You're going to have the, oh, I see what Jared was talking about. Oh yeah. And you'll be free. Quite literally, you will be free in that moment. It's the dopest thing ever. Now, here's the hard truth. Most of you aren't going to do it. Most of you are going to do it for like a day and say it's stupid and then not do it. But for the, like the three of you that are going to do it, good job. Like you're welcome. <laughs> so that's how to fix the restrictive based binge eating. You stop the restriction, you stop the binge, but then that's one of my favorite ways. The gas station method is one of the ways we teach clients to how, how to start this. Okay. Next, this is where it gets deep. It's emotionally driven. When you're binge eating is based in Emo you're emotionally driven. You know, I, I almost wonder if I should have broken this episode up into like two parts. We'll go ahead and finish it, but I almost wonder if I should have broken it up into two parts. Um, so I'll give you the shorter version of this, of the emotional eating one, because I could make a whole training on this. So when your binge eating is based in your emotions, it's because at the end of the day, you're trying to suppress your emotions with food. This is otherwise known as stress eating, emotional eating, anxiety eating, lonely eating, whatever. It's when the, 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 the reason you're binge eating is because you are hiding your emotions or distracting from your negative emotions with food. Like your brain wants a dopamine hit um, or whatever the case is. It's, it's when like your boyfriend broke up with you, you want to go eat. You had a bad day, you're going to go eat. You're overwhelmed and anxious, you go eat. It's because you're getting a little bit of like a little bit of a break from those emotions with food. Two problems with this. Number one, you'll never lose weight. Like imagine like again, if your goal was to save money, but you struggle with emotional spending, like Amazon Prime and Walmart and just maxing out your credit cards every time you have a bad day. Okay. You'll never lose the weight. Number two, it's also uh, a men emotional suppression never made anything better. Is if so if you at scale emo like if you at scale emotionally eat for the next decade, you will slowly become emotionally numb in general because we can't just numb to the negative emotions, we numb to the positive ones. Numb is numb. If you know, when I had my knee surgery, when the doctor just cut me open. I, I didn't feel it because it was numb. I, I wouldn't have felt a massage either. Right. Because yeah, 10 years from now, emotionally suppressing with food, you may not feel anxiousness, worries, depression, whatever. You won't feel that as much, but you also won't be as happy. You won't feel joy. You won't feel present with your kids. Right. This is why you're supposed to feel these emotions. But when you eat in an emotional fashion, you are hiding the emotions with food. 
Um, let me give you, here's an example. Ask yourself this. Um, if this was anyone else but you, would you have the person emotionally eat? As in, if you, if your kid was playing in the front yard and their dog got hit by a car and they're sad and overwhelmed and all this stuff, would you immediately go, Hey buddy, here's some cereal. Act like it didn't happen. No, no, it's Hey, here, buddy, here's some, here's some cereal. Get out of my face. Of course not. If your best friend's uh, husband cheated on her and she's venting to you and just wants to be heard out and just wants to, to cry with you, what would you do? You're probably not going to go, ah, I'm only here for the good time. Shut the fuck up. Get out of my face. Here's, here, here's some more cereal. You would not do that, right? None of you would do that. What would you do if your kid's dog got hit by a car and he was upset? You would probably hold him. You would probably cry with him. You would probably say, it's okay, buddy. I'm going to miss him too. If your friend's boyfriend cheated on her and she wanted to talk to you, invent to you, what would you do? You go, uh-huh. Oh yeah. what did he do? Ah, oh, what an asshole. You would listen. You'd be there. You would hold space. But when it's you, that's feeling not so hot. You're anxious. You're worried. You're depressed. You're sad. You're lonely. You're confused. You go, I'm not allowed to feel like this. And you go fucking dive bomb into ice cream. That's what you're doing. This is why this is such a big deal. That's some inner child shit right here, right there. We all have an inner child and you're basically giving the middle finger to your inner child. It's saying, you're not allowed to feel this one in my presence. You're not allowed to be sad around me. Your emotions are invalid. What would happen if you said that to a kid? It would fuck them up. And here's the crazy part. You would never say that to the kids in your life. You would never say that to the friends in your life. You would never say that to anyone you give a damn about. Fuck, half of you, if you had a homeless person come up to you and want to vent, you would listen. Your hairdresser had a bad day and wants to vent to you. You would listen. But when it's you, you act like you're a fucking degenerate piece of shit. And you're like, you're not allowed to feel like, get the fuck out of here. So here's how we fix this. Um, again, this is a whole multi-hour long talk in itself, but I just want to give you the, the reasons for binge eating and how to get some tactics on how to stop them. Here's how we fix the emotionally driven binge eating. You need to hold space for your emotions separately from food. Because let's be honest, you're an emotional being. You agree to that? You're an emotional being. Telling an emotional being to not be emotional is like is arguably like telling us not to breathe. It's just not a good idea, right? It's not even practical. So you need to be so, so if we look at this and say, well, what's the next three decades of my life going to look like till or till the day I die? Will I have bad days? Well, yeah. Will I have ups and downs emotionally? Well, yeah. Well, then wouldn't it be a good idea to have a plan in place on how to handle these emotions separately from food? Probably. So here's how we do this. You need to, in short, hold space for what you feel. Treat this shit like it's the exact same thing if it, if it was a child or your best friend. Okay. But here's, here's, but you may be sitting there going, well, Jared, I don't, I don't know how to hold space. What the fuck does that even mean? With clients, we teach two ways to do this. We meditate and journal. Okay. I'll, I'll give you the short answer. Um, meditation is just sitting in silence as in like, if you get upset, you need to go sit with it. You need to go sit and let yourself be upset. Just kind of like if a toddler's throwing a temper tantrum, you just let them do it. Or if, if your little, little kid's dog got hit by a car and is sad, you just let him, you hold him and you let him be sad. You don't suppress the sadness. That doesn't work. So you need to let yourself feel. Feeling is healing. There's a corny saying, but it's true. You need to let yourself feel. This is why my favorite thing to do is like if a client gets like triggered by the skill, get triggered and go sit with it. Just sit and go, it's okay to be here. Telling the emotion, it's okay to feel like this in my body. Telling yourself that. When you're triggered and super emotional, it's just part of you that is eager to be seen and heard. 
not to be fixed necessarily. Even you may be sad or anxious because like your boy struggles with anxiety. But when I get anxious, I don't just go, Oh, I got to get rid of this and distract. I used to do that. But you know what I do now? I go, Hmm, this thing needs to be seen. And I just sit with my anxiety. I just go, it's okay to be anxious. It's fine. You're welcome here. And guess what? Anxiety ironically dissipates because what happens when you face like, let's say fear, fear is a negative emotion that we like in the same realm as all these others. What happens when we face a fear? It starts to dissipate. What happens when we, when we run from fear, it gets worse. You know, the number one things that all the emotions you're running from, like emotional eating, stress, worry, anxiety, whatever, you know, what makes them worse is trying to get rid of them and it not working. So how we do this is either sit with it in silence. Now, a lot of you won't do that because it's overwhelming, which means you need to do it more. Um, or my favorite is to journal about it. You need to just sit with it and, and actually write about it as in writing. Well, today was a, a terrible day. I'm feeling really anxious and I'm really overwhelmed. I'm not quite sure what to do, but now that I'm thinking about it, I'm actually feeling kind of sad and da, 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 da. write it out. Don't judge it. If it's in your mind, on your heart, in your gut, get it on paper. What's in needs to come out because a few things that'll happen. Number one, you'll realize how illogical it is. So half of you will have a epiphany like, huh, that's interesting. I guess that doesn't make sense. Does it? And you'll be good. Other part, uh, the other parts of you will go, we'll just get it out. It's like venting. You're just writing. No, you're not sending this anywhere, by the way. You're not sending this, um, the journal entries to, to your coach. You're not sending them to anybody. You're literally like going to fill up a notebook and throw the notebook in the trash. It's like going to the bathroom. Think of it. That's actually a really good analogy. Think of your processing your emotions, like going to the bathroom, right? You like, because we eat every day, we're going to have to go to the bathroom. But imagine if every time you had to go to the bathroom, you went, no, I'm not supposed to feel. And you held it for days and weeks and months. That'd get really bad really quick. But we know it's part of the process of going to the restroom or, or like taking a shit every day and taking a piss and going to the bathroom. It's just what we do because we eat food every day. It's part of being a human. So you don't let it get bad and you stay regular. It's the same thing here. Most of you guys are emotionally constipated. Be emotionally regular. Make it part of your routine every day to journal, to sit with, your, to sit with yourself in silence. What comes up, let it be there and it goes away. So that, that's how we fix emotional eating. Like that's the short version. Um, we hold space for the emotions instead of going to food. Cause that's now your new coping. Instead of going to the pantry or the, the freezer for coping with the negative emotions, you're instead going to go journal or sit with it. And so now that's a, a calorie deficit and B it's now not suppressing your emotions and actually healing in a very therapeutic like way. Now the third, the th or I'm sorry, the fourth reason for binge eating. I know I'm flying through these. I'm just, I'm, I really want to help give you guys all of these in one place. The fourth reason for binge eating is your identity. It's based in who you think you are. Because let me put it this way. If who you actually, hang on, let me take a step back make sure I say this right. Um, if your identity is made up of things that you don't like about yourself, that you're trying to fix, but it's who you think you are, you'll never get on the other side of it because your brain won't let that happen. Here's what, like, I mean, think about it. Your brain is, is only about self-preservation. Well, if who you think you are is I'm a binger, I'm an emotional eater, I'm a whatever. Well, then you start to make progress on it. Your brain's not threatened. Your mind, your, 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 your mind is literally threatened and your brain and your subconscious goes, Oh shit, they're getting on the other side of their binge eating. Well, they think they're a binger. So we got to make them binge again. This is why the stories you replay in your identity and who you think you are is so important, which is why we need to fix this first. Identity work is some of the first stuff we do inside coaching is because if you do not fix your identity, you always sabotage to it. That's what happens all the time. So this is how we fix this. If you're binge eating is based in your, in your identity. If you think that's just who you are, you identify with it. You will always unconsciously go back to it because you are 90% unconscious every day. 
Your, your actions are subconscious 90% of the day. Because what always comes true is who we think we actually are. So we have to change that. Now you may be sitting there going, well, Jared, I don't know how to change my identity. Because here, I'll put it this way. Just because you struggle with something doesn't mean it's who you are. You did not come out of the, the womb being a, a struggling with binge eating. Okay. And even if you did, you are, here's, here's the thing. You have no responsibility to be the same person you were five minutes ago when you want to change yourself. We see this happen with everyone else, right? You see someone who struggled with drugs their entire life and then they want to get clean and you're like, hurrah, let's go. You see someone who didn't take care of their family all of a sudden get their shit together and want to take care of their family. And you're like, let's go. But then it's you that struggle with binge eating forever. And then you're like, I want to get on the other side of this. And you're like, no, it's just who I am. Stop. Have the same standard for yourself as you have for everyone else, or at least fucking treat yourself the same. Do you see what I mean? So it's one of those things where if you want to truly get on the other side of your binge eating and it's an identity thing, we have to change the identity because our actions always act in congruence with who we think we are. So if you don't change your identity, your actions will always fall to the lowest level of what your identity is at. It's a game changer when you realize this. Now you may be saying, well, Jared, I don't know how to, to fix this. Well, number of, there's a few ways. Number one, change your, your terminology. Stop saying I am and the thing that you don't want about yourself. I don't care if it's currently true. Okay. Here's the other thing. There's a difference between binge eating and binger. You realize binge eating is a verb and binger is a noun. Binge eating is just something you did. Binge is just something you did. Emotionally ate is something you did. Just like I put headphones on. Binger is a person, place, or thing. It's who you are. So you got to be careful with your, the terminology that you use. Because if you, there's this old saying, if you lie to yourself long enough, you'll start to believe it. And most of you guys have been lying to yourself every fucking day. And now you believe it. And then you wonder why your actions now act in congruence with that. There's half your problem. So here's how we change it. Um, I want you to actually, here's my favorite analogy with this. You need to decide who you want to be on purpose because most of you stay the version of yourselves that you are right now because somehow you got here. But you can change that. Now, you may be saying, Jared, I don't know how I can just change it. Well, first of all, you have to identify who you actually want to be on your terms. Here's how we teach clients this. And we teach this in, in my academy as well. I call it the coma letter. So in short, I want you to pretend that you are going into a coma tonight. I want you to, to pretend like your, your doctor is like, you're having brain surgery and your doctor is like, yo, um, so I got to do this brain surgery on you tonight. And... Um, there's a 50-50 chance I might hit the reset button. There is a 50-50 chance you will have no recollection of who you are when you wake up. So I would write a letter to yourself telling yourself everything about you and your life and who you are. So if that happens, you can read it when you wake up. Have fun. I don't know about you, but I would write that letter, right? And I don't know about you, but I would write the most superhero motherfucking letter of my life. I would, because here's the thing, if you wrote that letter, I doubt you're going to write, I've struggled for the last 30 years with my weight. I'm not confident. I'm a binger. I've, I'm a struggle bus person. Oh, I, I have the worst self-image ever. I hate myself. You wouldn't write any of that bullshit. You would write the most superhero letter ever. Here's the crazy part. That's who you are. That's your potential. That's who you were created to be. That's like, like the version of you that you're supposed to be. So, so here's the thing is you don't have to have a brain tumor to write that letter. You can write it now. We have all, we, we literally have clients write this all the time, write that letter. That's your new identity. Now I want you to hold your actions to that identity. And that's how we change that. So those are the four reasons for binge eating right there. This is why, this is why I was, I told you in the very beginning, this is not a matter of like, Oh, just get the trigger fruits out of the house. Go on a walk and be more mindful. That's bullshit. That's entry level. That's amateur shit. I'm talking, I'm teaching you how to be a professional at changing your struggles. 
This is why, like, if I'm being honest with you, this is why we're so good at changing people's lives inside coaching. Again, this is not a coaching pitch. I'm just being honest with you. This is why, because it's this kind of shit that we do. And this is just the tip of the iceberg, but this is the kind of shit you have to do if you actually want to diet from the inside out and change your fucking life. So those are the four reasons for binge eating based on hunger, based on restriction. It's emotionally driven and it's based on your identity. And that's it. Hope you got a lot out of today's episode. I appreciate the fuck out of you for being here. Um, don't forget all the the things I have in the description for you because there's a lot. Um, if you're new here and you're not quite sure where to get started with this stuff, I have a fr- my free course called the Fat Loss Checklist. It basically simplifies the fuck out of weight loss and make you go, oh, I didn't know it could be that simple or easy. So that's down there. Um, my uh, access to my Facebook group is down there. I have a Facebook group called Fat Loss Simplified. It's the most beautiful home base of a community of people who get it, who are working on themselves and trying to do better. And guess who's in that group? me and my team. So I put, if you guys like this kind of content, I put so much shit like this in there. Um, like so much shit, like, like, like to give you an idea, like over Christmas, I did a series called Jared's 12 days of Christmas. And it was literally 12 days straight of just identity work. Like that's the kind of depth I go in this group with. So if you like this kind of content that solves these kind of problems, you'll want to join us there. Um, the link is down below. It's free to join. Um, also if you, are really ready to take this to the next level and you are tired of all this stuff and you don't want to have to go through this by yourself or the thought of going through all four of those is like debilitating, which means you're not going to do it. Um, and you want a higher level of coaching, accountability, certainty, and a plan and someone showing you exactly what to do so you don't even have to think about it, you can totally apply for coaching below. I'll leave a link down there below. And I have a special place in my heart for my podcast listeners because it takes a special person to come on and listen to me rant for 45 minutes. (laughs) So um, to incentivize that and to show my appreciation, um, for those that apply for coaching from the podcast, go to the front of the line. when it comes to coaching. And I'm also giving about $4,000 worth of extras for free if you get accepted into the coaching program. But we have to accept you first. We don't just take anyone with a credit card. We have to make sure we actually think we can help you um, and whatnot. So, and that is it for today's episode. Be sure to subscribe if you haven't already. If you can, leave me a review. It'd mean a ton. And nothing else, my one biggest ask is share this episode. Guy, you have to understand if if literally you shared, like if you, I don't know if you've seen it <laughs> going around, like um, there's a trendy thing on social right now where if someone like looks at their following, they're like, huh, if... If 20,000 of you paid me $2, I could pay off my truck, whatever. Here's the thing though. If every one of you, and I'm not asking for that. I'm asking if all of you guys shared this episode, the show would instantly double, triple, or quadruple. Instantly. If you shared the episode. Not asking for money. I'm not asking for anything. I'm only asking for you to share this if you got value out of it. I put a lot of time, energy, and money into this show because I want to help you. I want to see you change your entire life. And my one ask is to share the show with just one person who you think could could need it or post it like on your story or something like that. It'd mean a ton. Otherwise, I appreciate you being here. I love the fuck out of you. Thank you for everything. Talk to you soon.